VIP Access with Aniko. Welcome to episode four of VIP Access. Today I was speaking to a young lady who I absolutely love. Her music is amazing. You know, I'm an R&B girl at heart. So when she came out into the industry singing R&B soul, Alte music, it really spoke to me. In the beginning, it seemed like it's very niche music, type of music, but she's really worked hard in her career in the industry to an extent where she's now become a household name. She's doubling between Kenya and USA, and I'm very happy to speak to her in regards to her most recent projects. This is Zinia Manasse. Hey! What's up, girl? That was so nice. <laughs> I'm good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. My God, we're always talking like on the WhatsApp and like since COVID, we kind of lost contact. And I'm happy to have seen you do your thing, you know, coming from a tour in America, coming from releasing a new record with Ukweli. How has it been for you since COVID? It's been amazing. I feel like by the end of 2019, things had started picking up for me here. And then like, 2020 started and there was like blankets and wine and then it was like gigs were just coming like a month this month this month this month and then COVID started but it didn't change the fact that there was already like some sort of impact that I had had Mm -hmm. so like there's been so many amazing things that have happened to me since then and till now because I guess I never stopped doing what I was doing yeah 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 so before your first EP that came out falling apart which is amazing like genius you were actually studying and living in America. You were at the Berkeley Music School. How did you end up there? You know, did you always know that I want to go to Berkeley and study music? Because obviously it's a renowned school. I know Karun was there. Very few selected students get in. So how did you get there and what did that mean to you? I'm smiling because I didn't really realize how I went about it until like a few months ago. When I was actually talking to Quelly and he asked me the same question and like he mentioned a quote from a basketball player that was like, never give yourself a plan B because that means that you already believe that your plan A isn't going to work out. And I was like, huh. So in high school, I did IB. All the courses I took were for me to do a degree in law. And then when the window to apply for unis came, I only applied to two music schools. And then I got into both of them. And Berkeley, I got into Berkeley, but then I didn't have a scholarship. But then like, I was like, there's no way (laughs) that you guys are taking this thing away from me. So even at graduation, like I said that that's where I was going, knowing that I had no idea if I really was even gonna go just based off being accepted and like two weeks before the semester started, I got a scholarship. Oh, wow. You had your vision on law. You're like, I'm going to Berkeley. Yeah. I don't know how, but I Delusion. intend to. And you got your scholarship. I got it. And how was their experience? Like, you know, being there, this must be a super creative place to be around all these creatives and music makers and musicians. And I don't know, like, what's the experience like being at Berkeley? incredible of course just like waking up and breathing music like it's everywhere you know like there's literally no breaks from it like during lunch there's people sitting in the lobby like practicing playing you're hearing things everywhere you go and then you don't realize until you leave that it almost feels like i was like in a 
different universe because like everything is just about music like people are hearing music in like the cars passing outside or the traffic lights or the you know it's everywhere and then you go back into the real world it's like oh my god i'm the only one that's hearing music everywhere (laughs) yeah but it was so nice it was refreshing i feel like just being in a setting like that pushes you to become better because you're just around it every day even though you're not like intentionally interacting with it and you learn so much it like put all the pieces together you finish your time at berkeley you come back to kenya had you already started recording your first ep that you released in 2019 and then how did you find the kenya industry you know at that time i feel like you are a pioneer of sorts when it comes to this type of music like you couldn't find so many artists singing that type of sound or R&B or soul, but you've always stuck to who you were then and who you are now. And I guess because you stuck to your identity, you then started making a name for yourself. You know, gigs started coming and all that. But in the very beginning, how did you perceive the industry or how did it perceive you? Well, number one, I recorded So Fallen Apart, the title track that was my first single which was released in 2017 mm-hmm. almost one of the first songs i ever wrote so that was like right before i finished school and then it was like okay i still didn't consider myself like a writer not even an artist i just was happy that i had like recorded something written something and put something out by the time i came home I had recorded every other song on the project in Atlanta because I moved there after graduation for like six months. And then I came home and I always say that I feel like I came home at such a perfect time because even though I felt like I didn't see a lot of R&B artists, the reception was the opposite. Like people were so open to my sound and like wanting to see more people like me or people that do the same kind of like yeah. music as me like be put on the same stages yeah. and it's just it was wrong like those uh, this wave yeah it started like with you and others but there was a way and that's gone and it's still ongoing it's going <laughs> what it was and has been better than i could have imagined oh that's yeah. really amazing yeah i think that's so amazing to hear because a lot of people who have had a chance to operate in other industries will always have something to say like, oh, it's not so much better here because of this and that. But I think for you to feel like, I didn't even expect to be this good to me and I'm having a good time and my career is flourishing is a really good sign. And talking of great signs and great things, this year you are also named by Apple Music as one of the artists to look forward to in 2023. Big ups. (laughs) oh my god that is so amazing you know these things make me so proud because working in pr across the continent you know you always see all these other artists from other regions profiled you know and it's not like they're any more cooler than we are or than just artists from this region are it's just like we don't get noticed like that we don't get the right placement yet we deserve to get it so to see as such a worthy artist, you know, on that. And then you're also on the R&B, the Soul September campaign. I'm just so happy for you. 
<laughs> How was it when that moment came about? Did you expect it? No, it was so cool. And I was in the US also yeah. when they emailed us about it. And I was like, what? That's so crazy. I had no idea where it came from. I also took like a random trip to South Africa in 2021. Mm -hmm. And I did meet like a lot of artists there, but I hadn't gone there with the intention of doing any music. And yeah. music just like came. And I was like, is that what this trip has brought into my life? You know, I didn't know where it came from. I found out that Karun was the one that recommended me, which I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. But I was like, you guys want me to have my own thing and just like showcase what I listen to. And you guys want to know more about like what I'm about. Since 2019, you know, your career just took off into different ways, you know, you started collaborating with more artists. Or maybe if you would take me through the journey of various collaborations and what you feel that brought to your career or that brought to you as an individual, because you're saying, when I recorded my first track, I was just happy I put something down. I wasn't really looking at myself as an artist like that. But I think now you must have had a different maybe perception of your own self because of the type of artists who want to work with you. So there was a big collaboration you had with Saudi Soul in their um, last album. How did that come about? Because I think you're in so many tracks in that album. I feel like it just happened because we had been recording with them. Like from when I came home, one of the few people that I would regularly interact with was like Ben Soul and Viri. Like I would always go to Soul Gen. Whenever I was booked for shows, I would rehearse there. So I was like always there. And Polycarp, I know Polycarp especially, had wanted me and Lisa to do backing vocals. I think it started maybe with Niombe by Ben Soul. And then from there, we just ended up like always coming back. And then they're like, okay, we want you to do this song. We want you to do this song. And we're like, say the least, we are coming. And it's fun, like that's one of my favorite things to do is like to come up with vocals and arrange vocals. Like I love being put in that you space. went all out. You all sound so beautiful. Like you and Lisa together. Hey, that's my girl. Both of you. Did she also go to Berkeley? She did. I she think did. she did. She's the person I was trying to remember who's the other Berkeley girl. She did. And Karun was my roommate actually. Was she? So you guys go way back. Mm -hmm. All of us, just so crazy. And we all came back. And you all have fantastic like EPs out. Yo, that's nice. That's nice. And then Empower happened during COVID. Mm. I think it's not just that Empower happened. I think a lot of things have happened for you, especially digitally since COVID. Yeah. Like you were doing covers. Yeah. You did so many. I haven't matched my, my the comments and the views and the shares. Girl. Like, you're so good at that. It's beyond me. I mean, I get surprised every time. You know, I don't know why. I guess because I don't do it really thinking about how it's going to be received. I'm just like, hmm, I really like the song and I want to see how it sounds like when I put a spin on it. And then I'm just like, yep, let it out into the world. And every single time, like, the reception has just been like, what? I can't believe this. <laughs> like, I'm just singing in my room. You know, I'm just having fun. Maybe that's what it is. I'm always having fun. That's nice. It. Like, when you're having fun. And who's always, you know, co-producing these covers with you? A lot of the ones that I did, 
I downloaded the instrumentals from YouTube. Uh -huh. And then I just like record my vocals uh -huh. and then I send to Mombro, who produced pretty much all of Fallen Apart, yeah. to do mixes for me. And then we just post. But then I've started learning mixing. So the next cover that I post, I'm actually going to post one soon. I mixed it. <laughs> So I'm waiting to see so that I can stop being scared and just venture out into something oh, new. Oh, fantastic. So even growing further into production, I love it. I love it. I mean, Karuni is now producing mm. her own music, so why not? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So then, you know, that happened, Empower happened. You got on to Empower and you were part of the top 30 um, from the continent. Unfortunately, there wasn't travels and the workshops and stuff like that, like usual because of COVID. But then I think out of it came an opportunity to collaborate with Mr. Easy. Mm -hmm. Is that even something that you thought that you'd be collaborating with such a major, you know, global star? And mm -hmm. how was the experience working with him? It was just so crazy. It happened because the low-key video came out and he sent me a message. He was like, yo, where did you shoot this thing? <laughs> and I was like, in Nairobi, he was like, for real? And they just felt like we had used the grant really well and he liked my voice. And then like that same month, they asked me if I could do a verse to Cherry. Mm -hmm. And then it came out two months later and I was like, whoa, didn't even, you know, just here continuing to do things because I like to do them. Mm -hmm. And then they just end up in the places that they end up. You also have a song with uh, one of my favorite artists from Nigeria who we were also promoting, his EP, Idahams. How did that come about? Lagos. Oh, to Lagos. That was a nice one. That song is nice. Yeah, but I didn't record it with him in Lagos. Oh. So we went to Lagos and we did some sessions there. And one of the guys, I think, is A&Ring for him. Mm -hmm. And so he sent it to our team and... Kina Pfizer were like, Z, do you want to write to this one? And I was like, yeah, I was writing a lot at that time. So I did it in Nairobi in my house and then sent it over. And then it came out in September and I was like, another one. <laughs> I like how you're kind of downplaying everything. You're like, yeah, I'm just having fun. That's we really how do you get <laughs> to write songs for the likes of Tiana Taylor? You know, you wrote some songs in her album and... Even one of the songs is together with Big Sean and so many other writing credits and for other artists. So how did those opportunities come about? I don't really have much of an answer as to how it came together. I want to say for now, I feel like it's a combination of like being prepared and like being aware of what I can deliver when I'm put in the room and then being in the right place, right the time. right time. Yeah. Because I know, put me in the studio, like, I know that I will write something. I have no question about it. Like, when I went to LA, I just went. And, like, every other day someone's like, you're here? Come through. And I'm like, of course. And I just go, and I know, because they know as well, and they we just match. And that's how all this stuff happens. The Tiana Taylor one, though, I don't know, because I wrote those songs two years before they ended up on her album. Those songs were done in 2018 and her album came out in 2020. And that process was really long. I, the album had like almost 20 songs. So you never really know. But did she already have the songs from 2018? She had heard them. Yeah. Okay. So that one, I guess, is just through the label. So UCMG, because hmm. there's the managers, there's the ANRs. So the ANRs, like we would go to the studio four or five times a week after every session, all the songs are uploaded, put in a folder, mm -hmm. sent the next morning to 
anybody that's looking for music. So how does it actually work with the songwriting and the songwriters like you are, like professional songwriters, because we do have the other artists who are songwriting for themselves and not for other people, but you also write for other people. So do you actually decide that these are my songs and I'm writing these to give them out to whoever wants to buy them? And um, how many songs then do you actually put out there? And what's the process between the time you put them out there and you hear back from someone who's interested? Again, with the example of the Tiana Taylor one, I had been told that one song had placed on her album, but that was like beginning of 2019. And then the whole of 2019 passed and there was no album. Then 2020 started and there was no album. And then like a month before, they're like, oh, your song made it and you got another song on there as well. So random. I literally feel like you'd never know unless you have a personal connection to the artist and you are in the studio with yeah, them yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, this is going. Yeah. The rest of it, like they send out monthly, like which artists are looking for music, what kind of music they're looking for. And then you just pitch and hope for the best. Wow, that's amazing. So this is your you know, label doing this UCMG in America. So they'll let you know these and these artists are looking for this type of music. Mm -hmm. And are you writing only sort of R&B soulful tracks or have you written others as well? I think once I started songwriting, mm -hmm. I just wanted to explore every genre mm -hmm. that I could because I'm like, okay, the basis of this is like my identity, I guess. And I want to see how or what that looks like across genres. Like what does Z bring to anything new yeah yeah and that makes it fun it's just now like experimenting and then learning diversifying so is it more lucrative when a-list artists buy your song do they actually do like a payoff and then you get royalties or do you only get paid via royalties so they separate for songwriters and producers i don't know if it's changing but like producers are the ones that usually get a fee mm -hmm. and then songwriters get publishing and royalties mm -hmm. and then that's split with the artist mm -hmm. so depending on who they are i know of some a-list celebrities who even if they didn't write the song they'll still get like 70 or 80 percent mm -hmm. of it and then the other 20 percent is split yeah. amongst the writers but it makes sense at the same time because they do make a lot of money so it's not like that 20 percent is something yeah 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 like peanuts peanuts it's significant wow that's amazing so this is something you're getting into full out like the songwriting and you know constantly putting out the songs there have you thought of writing for you know other african artists or artists from all around the world or have you gotten those requests because you could have maybe gotten people dming you saying could you write me a song how are the DMs looking? Well, the DMs are looking poor because I am poor at the DMing. But <laughs> I have written for some African artists and I'm hoping to write for more. But the more spaces that I've entered, it's been co-writes, which I actually think is exciting. Like, I feel like I'd much rather know that there's more people in the room that like can do the same thing or are trying to do the same yeah, thing I as understand. opposed to, yeah. But the balance still has to yeah. be there. There are some people that still just need the songs. Yeah. yeah. And who inspires, you know, you, your music? Like, who are the artists who, you know, used to listen to 
growing up or you're even listening to them now like what would Zenia's playlist sound like I think I had the Soul September your playlist on that but generally like what's your type of music I'm a neo soul baby my mom played so much neo soul growing up so like my long-standing favorites are Indiari, Lauren Hill, Jill Scott, mm-hmm. like Erica Badu then there's like the R&B girls now, like Aaliyah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes your style, like, kind of yeah. makes me apart. The dancing yeah, as well, because you're the... sleek on the stage like that. <laughs> well, be it. Um, yeah, them and then, like, newer ones. I want to say when I, when I went to Berkeley, I started listening to a lot more male R&B singers. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ty Dolla Sign, That's DJ cool. The Chicago Kid, those kinds of people. And then all of it just came together to just create my sound oh alex isley can't forget alex isley mm. ever but there's a lot and then also berkeley's a jazz school so we always had to do like jazz you had to do classical and then the songs of your choice as yeah well. yeah so you learn a little bit from everywhere everywhere and your latest collaboration may be with ukweli he got really good reception and it's such a you know match made in heaven I think it's rather obvious that you two should be doing songs together and you gave us this collaboration EP. Are we going to see more of these collaborations from you? What what are the plans for 2023? 2023, my album is coming out. So one of the things that I did do during COVID was finish my album. It's just that the project with Ukweli came out before which is interesting. We started working on it after 2020 mm-hmm. and we put it out before my album came out. So I've had my album for like two years coming out this year. Oh, and it's been ready all this time. It's been ready. We're only missing one feature, mm-hmm. but you know, we just had to talk to people, make sure it gets like the right home. Of course. So that's happening. Also between COVID and now, I've worked with multiple producers because I collect a lot of beats and so, like, I was going back and listening to a lot of the music that I, I liked, that I had written. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have, like, five songs with this person. This can be a project. I have, like, ten songs with this person. This can be a project. And all of them are, like, just the way it is with Ukweli and I. And, yeah, the way that project is being received is blowing our mind. Like, you couldn't tell us that this is how it was going to go. Like, every day we find out something new and we're just like, yeah, man, there's a lot of wins. Like, I saw some nice placements on Spotify, on Apple. You were like, album of the EP or album of the month. Every day. We don't, we're just like, what? <laughs> I wake up and he's like, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, what's happened now? <laughs> it's been like that for the last two months. It's amazing. But it must though. be amazing to see your work being celebrated that way, you know, put in so much work and sometimes they're like, I don't know if they're going to like it. But then it's a really nice, you know, time for you, you know, what you're doing. I think it's actually maybe the right time for the album. I know maybe the delay meant no coincidences. Yeah. Yeah. No coincidences. What are the features in the album? All the features that I have now African artists. Okay. Yeah. Which is cool. That was not the initial plan. Like when we thought the album was coming out three years ago, like the names that we had were completely different. And now that it is the way it is now, I'm like, oh, this is so much nicer to know that these are all African artists. There's Kenyans, there's people from the South, people from the West, people from all over. I'm just observing. You know, and then you also never know what people are going to like. 
yeah, you know, you got to show people know. what they like. Yeah. Just throw it out there and maybe they're like, oh my God, this is different. I like it. And so is it going to be in the album? It's not even <laughs> something that I had even thought about. We're still missing a feature. Maybe. He could be a good one. And, and he likes you. You know, well, he's a you're an cool empowered guy. baby. He's a really cool he's guy. So maybe it could be the last feature, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. So you spent some time back in America recently. How was that? And are you intending to go back again? You had a couple of shows there. I did. Being in the U.S. was so refreshing because when I left in 2018, I knew that I was coming back in like two months, three months, Mm. not four years. I was home for four whole years before touching ground again, but I had built so much on that side already that was the thing that was making me feel so like how oh, why can't I go back like yeah. because I was like I want to see my people I want to continue where we left off like in a proper way where we can be in the same space and all of that so going back from day one was just like oh my god my friends my <laughs> and then we all went to Berkeley so it was like yeah. going back into just being around music yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time so refreshing and then again like not really having a plan to make music, but knowing that it was going to happen mm-hmm. and just going places and letting people know that I was there and then seeing. So I did writing camps. I did one camp in L.A. I did one in Tennessee, which were amazing. It was so nice to meet more creatives because um, I don't think I've really been a part of a camp here. And that's also something that now I want to do. Mm-hmm. But all those things were so refreshing. And then also I realized every place that I go to, I write different music. So it was also nice hearing what that sounded like. Mm. Yeah. What's happening at the writing camps? Like how does the day go? For the one in LA, that was a bigger one. So they rented out this whole compound that has like, I want to say like 20 to 30 studios. And um, just like small, small, small rooms. Mm. They'll put like two writers, a producer or two producers in a room, an engineer, and they're just like, here, either create or play something that you have or share ideas, bounce everything around and then come up with stuff. So for majority of them, I mean, you're doing like two songs in like three, four hours. I like to avoid rooms with too many people. I feel like that's when ideas get crossed, but then that's really process of it. It's just put all the right people needed in the room and then just leave them to make music. Sometimes we get briefs. Sometimes they come in saying, you guys are doing something for this specific artist and this is a project that they're working on. This is what the project is about. Do something in this So time. sometimes the songs coming out of the camps could be pitched to different All of them are pitched. Were you not at another songwriting camp in Ghana? Oh my God, yes. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> Girl, no. I'm following your life on you <laughs> better than you yourself. Oh my God, no, yes. cause it is in between the. And I think I even saw Thames was there. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. That's also when I realized, oh my God, like I'm actually doing this thing. Like now I'm actually able to like move all around because I was in the States. You, and- you know, everywhere you went to South Africa, you've been to Ghana, you've been in America, you've been in all the right spaces for markets and with the right people. Like, I came to London. I need to, London, I'm coming. Yeah. That's the one place now that's left. But I think we got asked to do that maybe like a week before. 
And I was like, oh, I don't know if it's happening. And then like, they were like, yep, it's happening. And there I was, next thing I know, I was in Ghana for like a weekend, but it was amazing. It was everything that everybody has described it to be. It was so warm and it was so fun because that one was specifically a all girls yeah. camp. So it was so dope meeting female producers and writers and just seeing how all of us were coming together and seeing what we were creating. And we had so much fun. We were all like, no, it's over so soon. <laughs> we didn't want to leave each other. Wow, that was fun. Well, the other were there. I think I saw Karun. Yeah, Karun was there. Thames. It was like, uh, yeah. So, so the we were doing stuff for Thames and Jackie. There was like lock the plug. There was Kay from South Africa. There's Melissa, who's Ghanaian. Her sister's called Molly. Molly's an artist who had actually asked to be on my album. Nice. But then didn't know she had a sister. And then her sister was in the camp. And I saw her and I'm like, you look so familiar. But she's really cool. She's a producer, songwriter. We were like 10 of us. Duni was there. Sazi producers as well. Duni's also an artist. They're but it's so nice if you're time. writing for Temps and Jackie, but they also had a chance to be there with you. Yeah. You and know? we actually just got to like talk about stuff, which for me was my favorite part. I'm like, yeah, writing is cool, but we do this every day. Like, you know, I can wake up any day and just write. But to get to talk to somebody that's doing exactly what I'm doing, yeah. though I'm here for a different reason. Yeah. And hearing their experience and processes are very refreshing. So what was that like? I mean, you know, being around the world and being back to Africa. We talked about her recording process, though I don't know if I'm supposed to disclose that information, as in the specifics okay. of it. But we did talk about how she records, how she gets comfortable. Yes, yeah, I've like arrived process the process. Of, yeah. You know, making music and writing and all that makes sense since it's a writing camp. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been really great to sit down with you and talk to you since you came in 2019 till now. You've really done a lot of things. So it's really nice to like just touch base and to be able to look at your journey and be able to celebrate you. And I just wanted to say to you that you're so awesome. You are so talented. You are so unique and so different so much that I believe in you very, very much. Like I see you going places i see you you know making us proud and i see you with the r&b giants i mean you're writing for tana taylor so i wouldn't be surprised if more bigger things are happening for you this year and most importantly i wish you well as you release your debut album i'll be here to support as always thank you <laughs> gosh i'm blushing i'm like i can't even stop smiling thank you I'm done. thank you for having me and for always supporting me you have from that studio session at super sorry yeah, yeah 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 that's how we met so yeah all the best with your career if there's anything you want to say to your fans listening you could tell them something what do you want to tell them i guess i just say be on the lookout for my album we're going crazy and that's not the only thing to look out for just expect to see me in more spaces and expect to see me push myself. And I hope that encourages you to do the same. And it's always love. Thank you so much. It's been amazing talking to Zinia Manasseh on my podcast, VIP Access. Next week, 
possibly be talking to somebody as cool as Xenia. So keep it here and thank you so much for always supporting. VIP access with Aniko.